What got into these people? The Lord Jesus did. Lord, come into my heart. Now what do we do? Grow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. For release. Springs of the water of life in the bowels of the earthen vessels. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Springs. Springs in the deep. You are healed and delivered by the Lord Jesus within you. Some of you don't recognize him. Only one thing can block that, pride. So we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and we see the Lord. Where? Christ in you, the hope of realizing that glory. Colossians 1.27 Amplified. Christ within you. Christ in you. Not Christ outside you. That's called Galatians bewitchment. Christ inside you. That's called the New Covenant, where your body is the temple. You have the plumbing of God. I've given you the Holy Spirit into your spirit. That is the spring of life. You can drink deeply of that spring of life, that well of life, the waters of life, the fountain of life, also called the fountain of youth, from within your spirit. All you gotta do is Little children, keep yourselves away from idols. They turn your waters putrid, stale, and bitter, like the angel that fell from heaven wormwood and a river that spews out of the dragon's mouth. The bitter waters, the waters of Sinai. Drink the waters of Zion. Sinai embitters. But Zion sweetens. Which tree in the garden are you of? Those are the only two trees in the garden. Sinai or Zion. Sinai, the flesh. Zion, the resurrection and the life. Zion comes from below, like a thief in the night. Sinai is outside you, enforced by Satan and his angels, and every accuser of the brethren for literally 4,000 years. Even in, the, even in the beginning in the garden, Satan was an accuser. So you could say, Sinai has always been the accuser of the brethren. Satan. That's right. The fire and the brimstone. That if even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. So anyone that comes to God in their own effort is stoned to death by two or three witnesses. And these are angelic witnesses. Angels enforce the law of Moses, and those are not good angels. It's the angel of death, Abaddon. So we need a savior from the law, and we've had one 2,000 years. His name is the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Savior of the world. 
problem is, is we think he's out there somewhere because we're bewitched by the accuser, the false Jesus of the air, and the angel of light that deceives, and the prince of the power of the air, and we listen to a familiar spirit on our shoulders telling us it's Jesus when it's actually a demon, and we never recognize the divine child in our own womb. Christ in you, the hope of realizing the glory. This is the time where there's a mass exodus out of Galatian bewitchment, or you could call it American bewitchment, of every building made by human hands. And he went off to deceive the whole world in synagogue and church, Gog and Magog, mummifying the human spirit with religion so that Christians are four days dead in their grave clothes even though they've obeyed him to their best ability every day of their life, the best they could, and they have, like, no rewards for it, because the new covenant is by grace alone through faith. And so all the goodness of humanity, all the appearance of good, and all the knowledge of good that has mummified us and kept our spirit the same size it was when we first believed, those grave clothes come off now in the resurrection of Christ within you, the springs of living waters, the fountain of life. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters for those who believe. But everything of the external elements that imprison the human spirit have fought our faith to not believe. And that's what demons do. They beat you up so that you never believe. And it's like you're ruled by circumstances, situations, and elemental spiritual forces of wickedness that imprison the mind. That's why scales fell off of Saul of Tarsus's eyes. He was imprisoned by the prince of the power of the air, and he was a religious fanatic murdering Christians who had the mind of Christ. Even Stephen, with a glowing face, remembering Moses with the glowing face and his conscience was haunted because he murdered Stephen and they laid down their garments their prayer shawls at the feet of a man named Saul it is written book of Acts he consented to the murder of a man with a glowing face and guess what happened instead of God punishing him a cold-blooded murderer, he forgave him. Saul, why are you fighting me, persecuting me? It's not easy to kick against the pricks. <laughs> Who are you, Lord? He acknowledged his lordship immediately, while he was dead in his own sin. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Then what happened? That ball of light went right into Saul's spirit, and he was born again on the road to Damascus. Went into Damascus, blinded for three days, and then called the intercessor over, who was scared of the man because he was murdering Christians. But he fought his own fear, because he'd been praying for Saul. <laughs> he'd been praying for the murderer. And he got his prayer answered, and he was overwhelmed by his prayer. 
really, whoa, I wasn't expecting God to actually answer that prayer. And here's Saul before me now, blind. He's going to kill me? Well, you've been praying for him. What do you expect? Here's some fruit for your prayers. Lay hands on him. And scales fell off his eyes. And he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Spent 14 years plus three in Arabia to get all the religion out of him. And he was sent as the apostle to the Gentiles. And he even went up to those who were apostles before him, to Peter, James, and John, to see if he had been missing the mark. That if he, to see if he even was an apostle, you know, if he had labored in vain. But those men added nothing to his message, it is written. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. When you come out of the school of Gamaliel, like Saul of Tarsus, or, you know, you could even call it the Dallas Theological Seminary, or all these seminaries and all these Bible colleges, and I mean, it seems like half the Christians in America have a Bible degree. You know, we've spent 20,000 hours studying the Bible, but we're still murdering the spirit people, and the spirit ways, and the spirit's thoughts in the spirit of glory. We're still persecuting the spirit of glory. We're still like Saul of Tarsus with scales on our eyes, fighting the ways and thoughts of God, fighting, fighting men with glowing faces. Because <laughs> there are a remnant, a glory-placed people here with glowing faces. And there have been, really, for a long time. There are a lot of people that are drinking the new wine, feasting on the bread of heaven, getting energized, getting raised from the dead while in the body with spiritual and moral resurrection, getting death and hell removed out of the bowels of their earthen vessels and recognizing the Messiah in them and they're made full and they're reaching full spiritual stature and they're living in the richest measure of the divine presence and they're going from glory to glory and they're persecuted, they're mistreated, they're misunderstood by people with scales on their eyes everywhere. It's really bad in America. Really bad. And you know why? It's all because of religion. It's all because of the mountain called Sinai that God is dealing with this season in America and casting it into the sea, even the Sapphire Sea. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will be removed from your midst. So we say to Mount Sinai and all the Christians' bellies in America, be cast into the sea, even the sea of forgetfulness, so that Zion may arise in you in spiritual and moral resurrection out of Jerusalem by the keys of death and hell. The keys of death and hell, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, are the keys of Jerusalem, the keys of the underworld, the keys of the bowels of the earth. Jesus Christ holds those keys and we are His body. So we have the power of spiritual and moral resurrection to remove the curse of the law from your stomachs. So we don't have Janes and Jambres, the two snakes in our wombs of the curse of the law, you know, giving birth to slave children. We're not the children of the slave woman. We're not the children of Janes and Jambres, the magicians of Egypt. We're not citizens of Egypt. We're citizens of heavenly Jerusalem in the Lamb's Book of Life. We were born of the Holy Spirit. 
We were born of the serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness, and everyone who looked upon him was healed. He is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, crucified for you outside the city gates so that you could enter the city gates of holy Jerusalem and be saved. This is not the Jerusalem below, but the Jerusalem above. And the Jerusalem above takes over Jerusalem below through your spiritual wombs, birthing the divine child. 1 Timothy 2.15 How are you saved, men and women? Not just women, but men too. By birthing the divine child, it is written in Greek. You're not saved by childbearing. You ever seen someone get saved and go to heaven for just having kids? Then everyone who's ever birthed a baby would be saved. You study that out in the Greek. It says, saved by birthing the divine child. (laughs) That is one of the greatest enigmas and mysteries revealed in, in the history of Christianity. That you are pregnant with the Word of God at conception, saved by hearing the Word of God. Your spirit is translated out of darkness into His glorious light, and your spirit grows by feasting on the bread and wine of the third heaven and the table of Melchizedek. Fresh bread and new wine every day, hot bread every day, eating from the palm of God, even His crucified hands for you, drinking His blood, eating His flesh, growing spiritually, going from glory to glory, Casting off your grave clothes. Casting off all the distractions and everything that hinders your spiritual growth. And going from glory to glory and reaching the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And being pegged in that place by revelation directly from Jesus Christ. Through your hearts and through your minds. And then you stay in the high place. And you don't forfeit territory. And you don't lose ground to religious demons. You don't lose ground to that lying woman Jezebel who deceives all God's people in the false Jesus of the air. She's the queen of heaven and the whore of Babylon. Come out of her, my people. Leave the false Jesus of the air. Leave the externalism of Sinai. Leave the curse of the law. Leave your animal nature of your human flesh in the dust and rise spiritually in spiritual and moral resurrection of Jesus Christ this third day. I'm telling you, He's raising you up above your human ability, above the curse, above the snake line. Isaiah 35, And you will walk in the highway of holiness where there is no unclean thing. This is spiritual resurrection out of Egypt, the abilities of religious flesh. This is the removal of death and hell from your stomachs. Hades and the keys of death have been given to every believer. Do you have Jesus in you? Revelation 1.18, He has the keys of death and hell. Then why are you still submitted to death and hell? Because you don't know who you are. You don't have confidence in the Word. You don't believe the Word. You don't obey the Word. You have a bunch of head knowledge and theology and doctrines of demons in you. And you don't realize what Christ did to actually regenerate your spirit for fountains of living waters to pour out of your bellies for those who believe. So we got like a hundred million calloused, hard-hearted, believing, unbelieving believers because circumstances have ruled over them. Arise from the prostration in which circumstances have kept you, Isaiah says. 
Prostration, being prostrated. Like how Muslims worship Mecca. Like you get down on your knees and worship the false Jesus of the air on your knees until your knees are calloused. And then when it doesn't happen your way, you know, you get into self-pity and feel bad for yourself. Bitterness. Get into more bitterness. That's why it's called the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is religion. You never get anything done. Religion is a bottomless pit. Sinai is a bottomless pit. <laughs> the curse of the law is a bottomless pit. Externalism serving the false Jesus of the air who is the principality of, of bewitchment, Jezebel, is a bottomless pit. You'll never get anywhere in 80 years on earth serving the false Jesus of the air. You'll die and go to heaven and have no rewards for eternity. You must recognize Jesus in you. Greater is He who's in you than the false Jesus in the world. These Christians are so bewitched, they worship and serve the false Jesus of the air. The prince of the power of the air, pretending to be Jesus Christ. I have watched it every day of my Christian life for 19 years. And the fruit is terrible. It's the fruit of death and hell on their dead trees. They weep and lament and mourn and beat their breasts every day in their strange fire, in their dead works. They've worn themselves out. I saw a vision today of humanity, the woman, at the basin of Sinai so condemned by the stoning of the law that she's an ash heap. And after totally being beat up in all of her efforts and all of her trying, she cried out to Jesus and Zion, grace, swept through her spirit and raised her from the dead even while in the body. And she was carried into a high and lofty place, even paradise on earth. It's a spiritual place. Living in the glory of the sun in your belly, living in the glory of the Father in your head, and living in the glory of the angels ascending and descending upon Jesus in you, not he who's in the world. We have forfeited almost all of our livelihood and all of our life energy to the fallen angels in Christianity for 2,000 years because we're bewitched like the Galatians of old. Having begun in the Spirit, we tried to finish in our brain. The brain counts for nothing. The brain's the outer court, the flesh. When Paul says the flesh counts for nothing, or Jesus in John chapter 6, he wasn't talking about your hand or your foot or your kneecap, your elbow. He's talking about the works of the brain, the carnal mind's ability that wars against the spirit. Romans chapter 8, you have one enemy, the tree of knowledge, the carnal mind, the brain. Fallen angels and demons only work through the brain. If you get spiritual, and spiritual and moral resurrection in Zion is realized with your mind today, and you give your brain to your spirit, and disconnect from externalism, like disconnecting from the matrix, your spirit will take over your brain, and your brain and your heart will be washed with living waters. Our brains and our hearts have been washed with dead Dragonian waters, reptilian amphibious waters of the false prophet with the frog mouth. That's right. The book of Revelation says the false prophet had frogs proceeding from his mouth. It's amphibious. It's the filth of Sodom and Egypt where our Lord was crucified. It's the ash heap of the fire and brimstone and death and hell of Sinai. That was a place of torment and hell on earth. <laughs> 
It's time to come out of hell into heaven. It's time to come out of Sinai into Zion. It's time to come out of the law into grace. It's time to realize the spirit of grace raising your own spirit in blood covenant through your hearts and through your minds. That's Jacob's ladder. The spirit of grace raises your own human spirit regenerated by the blood of the lamb through your own heart, which is the healing of your nations, your DNA. (laughs) And since we're all like a bunch of mutts in America, we're touching every nation in the whole world as our hearts are healed. Because we got every single nation here, just even in Minneapolis. Because we're all mixed. It's a mixing pot. And your heart is your nation. And He's the resurrection and the life in your spirit. And it rises through your nation. And you heal the nations. And the, the leaves of that tree are the healing of the nations. Which is the true covering of the glory. Removing the false covering of the flesh. Or Sinai, the law. We tried to cover ourselves in fig leaves, which is human effort, dead works, strange fire, trying to work our way into heaven, trying to intellectualize or study our Bible into heaven. You can't do it in your human nature. It's the gift of God. And the gift of God is the Messiah within your spirit womb and releasing everything the real Messiah Jesus Christ of Nazareth is inside you through your whole heart and through your whole brain every day and being a light to everyone in the world that they would so see the Messiah and the bright morning star rising in your heart that they would join you in the resurrection that they would join you in the glory that they would join you in holiness and repent of their wrongdoing and repent of all their religiousness repent of all their externalism and become a fountain of life for all the animals of the world to drink from and transfigure by metamorphosis of Jesus Christ. Romans 12.2 says, Be metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind and by the washing of the water of the living word. So the more words you put in your spirit, in your rich treasury of glory, the more washing you'll have through your heart and mind. Put about 10,000 hours into reading the Word. And don't do it religiously. Do it in the glory. Do it in the Spirit of grace. It's not a work, because you're in love. When you're in love, there's no works. I mean, you could be doing this for 10 million years, and it's like a moment just passed by, because you have your first love, your honeymoon love, first love bliss in your heart. As it's written in Revelation, I have this one thing against you. You have left your first love. If you leave your first love in your heart, Jesus Christ your bridegroom king, then it's all laborious. It's all wearisome. It's all hard. It's all a struggle. But if you're in love, you don't even think about it. You automatically want to obey because you grow in glory and you grow in love and you grow in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. You grow in heaven on earth. You grow in healing for the nations. The key is staying in love and not letting your love wax cold by circumstances, by demon-possessed people everywhere by workers of iniquity and the religious, which are the hardest ones to deal with in the whole world. (laughs) Know-it-alls that are just in their brain and not even in their spirit. And you forgive them and you wash them from the inside out. Servant of all, greatest in the kingdom. I come like a thief in the night, Jesus Christ, all of his words. And you get up underneath all these know-it-alls in America that have all their Bible degrees and all their 
doctorates in divinity, and you wash them from below. And the river of life does the work, and you stay in the river enjoying God. And you don't grow weary in your well-doing in the release of the waters of life from your belly for those who believe. The full gush of God from your spirit and your heart and mind is in full agreement because you're in love and you're married. <laughs> and you know, we've been married for years. We walk through the Father, we walk with the Father through the valley of the shadow of death. We walk with the Father in paradise now for many years. Living in heaven on earth, not controlled by anything in the natural dimension, can't get discouraged. I've had so many people die around me. I don't get discouraged. I just have understanding, the spirit of understanding of what we're dealing with in this universe, in this fallen world, these fallen angels, and these fallen nations. When you have understanding, you can get through anything. Because you understand the bowels of the earth, you understand the surface of the earth, and you understand the stars that fell from heaven. There's no mysteries here. It's real simple stuff, real basic. A child, literally, a divine child, can understand it if you just let him shoot revelation up into your brain and get out all that stuff you learned in the relig religious demon and start over in direct revelation from Jesus Christ like a squirt gun inside your belly shooting your heart and mind from within. As it's written, they shall all be taught of God and you have one teacher and he is the Christ. Well, where's Christ? Within you. Christ in you. The hope of realizing the glory and being taught of the King of Glory. And when you're taught of the King of Glory for long enough and you're not bewitched of externalism, guess what? You become His exact likeness and representatives, ambassadors on earth. And that's the whole point of Christianity. He's the firstborn from amongst the dead of many brothers and sisters exactly like Him, Hebrews chapter 1. So if He's the firstborn, what are you? 7,000th born? 7 millionth born? 150 millionth born? Something like that. You're in number. But he's the firstborn, so he gets all the glory because he pioneered our faith. And he perfected our faith. So you don't focus on anyone except Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. He endured the shame, endured the cross, scorning the shame for the joy that was set before him. In John 15, 11, he said, I have come that your joy would be full and your joy be perfect. My joy be in you and it be made perfect. John 15, 11. Is your joy perfect? There's no joy in Sinai. There's no joy in Jerusalem. There's no joy in death and hell. There's no joy in humanity. Jesus Christ alone is our joy, the divine child. And our wombs leap with joy. You know, Elizabeth comes around and meets Mary, and the baby within her leaped for joy. The first person to recognize the Messiah was an unborn baby. Think about that. The first person to recognize the Messiah was an unborn baby, John the Baptist in the womb, four, four months pregnant. Woo! Hallelujah. There's some spiritual people here, you guys. There's some spiritual people that are going to raise the dead. You must become proficient in raising the dead. Spiritual and moral resurrection. That's what these rivers are for. Through everyone's bellies. Through everyone's spirits. Raising them up out of death and hell, even while in the body. And all their scales will fall off their eyes. 
and they will know God face to face, as it's written, and they will all know the Lord. You won't have to tell anyone, know the Lord, for everyone will know the Lord. You're coming into the kingdom age where everyone knows the Lord because the earth has opened up and helped the woman in the true apostolic of the Lord Jesus Christ from below, the thief in the night, servant of all nature, working in the bowels of the earthen vessels in the spiritual sources of every nation's heart roots so they can drink the fountain of life and nothing else. Automatically, just by being born in this world, because the sons of God have removed death and hell from the universe. In the name of Jesus Christ, partner with Red Letter Ministries, redletterman.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.